All right, the book of Genesis again tonight will be in Genesis chapter number 41. Genesis chapter number 41. Thank you for the wonderful music. As always, outstanding. Appreciate all the hard work that goes into our music. Genesis chapter number 41. I'm going to read a few verses for our text tonight, and I want to give you a very practical truth. Uh, really an observation from the life of Joseph. And I believe it'll be a help to all of us this evening uh, as we fulfill all of our responsibilities that God has given us in life. Uh, But we're going to look at Genesis chapter number 41. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 14. I'm going to read down through uh, verse number 16. And so uh, we'll read three verses of Scripture for our text this evening, and then I'll be very practical this evening, and I trust that it will be a help to us. Genesis 41, verse number 14, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Now, many of us, if not most of us, we have a fairly good understanding of the life of Joseph. If there's anything that Joseph's life was or was not, it was not boring. Uh, It was uh, full of change. It was full of disappointment. Uh, Certainly, uh, God did bless. You know the story. He was the the favorite child of, of his father and his brothers, sold him into slavery. Of course, God had placed dreams in his heart, and they didn't like those dreams because it uh, was the fact that God was placing him above them, placing Joseph above them, and so they sold him into slavery. Uh, he ends up in Egypt. Uh, Potiphar's wife uh, accuses him. He's thrown in a dungeon. Uh, and of course, in the, in, the, in the midst of him being in the dungeon, uh, there are others that found disfavor with Pharaoh, and Pharaoh throws them in the dungeon with him, in the prison with him, and the, but, the butler and the baker, if you remember them, and they, uh, had, um, uh, they had dreams, and Joseph interpreted their dreams. And Joseph said, remember me when you're restored. And of course, they did not. And then, uh, later, Pharaoh has dreams. Pharaoh calls in the wisdom of his wise men, and they could not interpret them. And let me, let me just enter right there. Uh, the wisdom of the world is limited. Uh, God is wisdom, and God provides wisdom that man does not have. And so then that's when it was remembered about the one who could interpret the dreams. So that's where we find our text. That Pharaoh calls him out of the dungeon, out of prison, And we find in verse 16, And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. There's a little bit more in that verse than I think we see on the surface, and we're going to look at it this evening. But I want to bring a message with this title. The stage reveals the character. The stage reveals the character. I'll use the life of Joseph, Lord willing, to explain Uh, what I mean by that, and then put an emphasis tonight on an area that I believe we all need to place an emphasis, and that's the continued development of our personal character. We live in a world today when everybody's worried about everybody else's character, and we fail to take care of our own character. 
And so with that thought tonight, the stage reveals the character. Father, I pray that you'd use the Word of God this evening to help us, to teach us, instruct us. May this be, uh, while practical in nature, uh, may the, the scriptural principles be applied to our life. Uh, may it be used in our life this evening, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Men fail when they work on promotion instead of working on their character. Uh, it, is, it is presented to us, and it's something we face all the time in this world we live in, to move up, move up, move up, achieve, achieve, achieve. I, and personally, I'm for achieving. But if you place your emphasis on the success, uh, there's a tendency to bypass that which is going to make us a success. I want to remind all of us, especially the the young people in the service uh, this this evening, uh, you seeking after the things of God first, God will give you success. Uh, God will provide that success for you. And God's measure of success is much different than this world's measure of success. Setbacks are just opportunities of continued preparation on our character. I'll not ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you have had a setback in life? A disappointment. Something has taken place that you did not anticipate. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's some things that have taken place in our nation that you didn't anticipate. And we look at it and say, oh, it's all over now. We, we, we need to look at it in the way God looks at it. And sometimes setbacks are an opportunity for us to continue to work on us, uh, for us to continue to do and prepare. Because eventually the stage, for lack of a better way of saying it tonight, that God places us on is going to reveal our character. Let me further illustrate. Uh, a individual wants responsibility, and to get out on their own and make their own decisions, yet they can't make their own bed. Instead of looking for a position, you ought to work on the character that is necessary. One day when you have that position, that you can fulfill the responsibilities thereof. A single young man or single young lady wants to get married and have a family, and yet they can't keep a job. I would work on your character so that you could keep a job, in order to sustain a family. Did you know anybody can get married? I mean, just look around. Uh, The goal is not just to get married. The goal is to be the right kind of husband. The goal is to be the right kind of wife. The goal is to be able to sustain that marriage. A lot of young men, and they have a good goal, they they have a good desire, they want to pastor a church, or they want to work full-time in ministry, and yet they've never learned how to win a soul. They've never learned how to invest in the lives of others. Even if you apply this to business, there's many who, they don't want to be the guy on the bottom, and that's understandable, and they don't want to do the meaningless task. They want to run the company, but yet they've yet, they've learned, they have not yet learned how to show up on time and to stay until the job is done. Don't miss the message tonight, because success in life, ministry, or just as a Christian, comes from continued preparation, continued work on our life, on our character. 
what I would say to the young people in the service tonight is to focus on the instruction you get from your parents and from the authorities you have in your life so that you may improve your character. Uh, work when it's time to work. Obey as you're instructed to obey. And then one day you will be on that stage that you desire to be on. Oh, you see it in the teenagers. They get to be that sophomore, that junior, especially those seniors. They get uh, after that Christmas break. It's like, I'm ready to get out there. Just hold on. The time's coming. When you'll get put on that stage, and it'll be your responsibility. It'll be you having to make the decisions. Before you get there, you may want to pay close attention to the instruction you're getting so that when you get there, your character is going to be revealed. Many times we... As sing singles, the advice I could give to you is to prepare yourself to be the right kind of husband, the right kind of wife before you're a husband or a wife. I give, along this line, I give this counsel in premarital counseling as couples get ready to uh, get married. And I, 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 when we talk about family and, and children and child rearing, I, one, one bit of advice I give is before you have children, decide how you're going to rear those children. Decide. You don't want to be uh, playing from behind, put it that way. You don't want to be making it up as you go. You want to decide ahead of time. You want to be continuing to work on yourself before that time comes. And often we'll complain and say, well, when is God going to bring them? Probably as soon as you won't scare them off if God did bring them. My point is this, God has everything under control. You work on you. Sometimes as Christians, we faithfully serve. Then we may struggle. We have a desire to grow and do more for the Lord. And that's a, that's a, that's a good struggle to have. Is God, what more do you want from me? Would you, would you allow me some more to do? Or, or maybe you'd word like this, I know there's something else God would have for me to do. I just don't know what it is. Eventually, God will allow you to have that stage. And what it is going to show is your character. He may, if I can use this as an illustration, He may give you the platform or the stage of a Sunday school class. Once you are that Sunday school teacher, your character of whether or not you will study your lesson, whether or not you will pray for those students, whether or not you will make the visits that are necessary, it will be revealed once you're placed on that stage. It is true in our life. The emphasis I want to make tonight, and I'm going to use Joseph as an example in this story, is that the stage is going to reveal the character. Now, oftentimes, God does not put us in the stage or the opportunity that we would like? Or should I say it like this, when we would like? And we look at sometimes, you say, well, this has passed me by, and this has passed me by, and it seems like, like I've had no opportunity, and God has not given me. No, you just continue. Can you imagine how frustrated Joseph was? You think back to the life of Joseph. It is, it is in Scripture. It has been preserved in heaven forever. God put a dream in Joseph and then allowed the events to take place in Joseph's life, where, from humanly speaking, he had to think that that would never happen. 
That would never take place. But if Joseph had responded like the average Christian does, like so many do, they get mad, they get bitter, they say, well, 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 well God, God, God has had something different, so I'm going to go and I'm just going to give myself to the world. No, Joseph continued to have his own integrity to please, he wanted to please God when he could not please man. And eventually, God sent the call to the prison and he was put up on a stage and his character revealed itself. I don't know where you are in your, in your life tonight, but I think this would apply to all of us. No matter where we are, we ought to continue to work on us. Continue to work on me. Well, it just seems like God's put me back in the corner. He hasn't done that for any reason but for you to work on your own character. Well, I don't have, well, if you have your integrity and you have your relationship with God, that's a pretty good thing. We're going to see here that the stage revealed who Joseph really was. You know, God may be doing us a favor sometimes, but not giving us the platform that we want. By not giving us the opportunity we desire. Because our character is not up to the task. I'll give, I'll give a simple example, and I'll give you the outline tonight. Uh, I've, I've, God called me to preach when I was six years of age. I know that's why, what God had for me to do. I, I, I went and prepared in the ministry. I, I went right into full-time ministry, and later God put a, pressed upon me that uh, He wanted me to pastor, and, and I believe that those are two, dis, two different things, and, and they gave me the heart of a pastor, and, and you know, I, I'm all excited. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be a pastor, and then God worked out the, the events where I was going to uh, pastor here, and God made it re- revealed that it was His will for me to pastor the church that I had grown up in and that my father had pastored. What a great opportunity, and, and I'm ready. Man, I look back after doing this for almost eight years. I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? And I think ten years from now, I'll look back and be like, what in the world was I thinking? I've been married for 25 years. Anybody out there been married at least that long? Twice that long? Okay. Some of you three times that long? No, that's how it feels, but really. I look back when I first got married. I thought I was ready to get married. I look back and I was like, how in the world did we survive? How in the world did we, did we get here? Let me use some examples in Joseph's life. Let me say number one, I want you to notice Joseph's awareness. He's in prison. He's been laboring. He's been sold into slavery. And now he finds himself in an Egyptian prison. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He didn't have time to take a seminar or go down to the bookstore to buy three leadership books on how to have an audience with Pharaoh. He was jerked out of the prison. They brought him hastily. He shaved himself, changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh speaks to him, I dream a dream, and Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not of me, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Joseph is completely comfortable in this prominent setting. 
his audience was other prisoners. And Joseph, while he was in prison, his character rose to the top, and now he's given responsibility in that prison. Which there's a great lesson there. Wherever God places you, you can still be who you are there. You can still serve there. You can still do the thing. You can still have the character. You don't have to put your character on a shelf. Uh, and he did, and he rose, and now his audience is not other prisoners. His audience is Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the land. And he was very aware of this. He maintained his dignity and respect. When he stepped into the presence of Pharaoh, he did not present himself as a prisoner. He presented himself as somebody who had the ear of God. He understood the setting he was, even though he was a pagan lost man in a foreign land in whose prison he labored. I believe he understood the bigness of his stage. I want you to notice what is there. He says, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And then, starting with verse number 17, we'll not take time to read it, he interprets the dream. I want you to notice, though, what is not there. Joseph never made a petition for himself. He never bartered with an answer from God. Well, Pharaoh, you listen to me, and then I'll tell you what God has said. He never used that opportunity for his own personal gain. Now, we can fast forward to the end of the story. God elevated him, and I believe one reason why God elevated him is because Joseph never had a desire. He never tried to elevate himself. When he was called out of that prison, he was placed on that stage, the audience of Pharaoh, he understood, he was aware of where he was, and he did what was petitioned of him to do. He helped how he could help. He, he did what he could do for Pharaoh. He never used it for personal gain. Friend, if you and I will get in the habit, if we would have the mindset that I want to help whoever comes across my path, I want to use the character that I have to be a blessing to others. If God gives me opportunity, I want to use that opportunity for God. And, and, and I, you can apply this on so many different levels. If God blesses you in business, and we do have some business owners, and we do have some who are high up in their business, if God blesses you, uh, yes, you, you work for that company. Yes, you make a living. But let, God, let, let what you know and let what the position you have be a blessing to other people. Uh, let, you ought to improve and help in the company you work in. It ought to be a better place because you work there. Uh, parents, if God gives you children... And you work on that, and God gives you that platform of a parent. Use what you have and what God gives you to help them. You've got to rear your children according to the things of God. It's a sad thing to see Christians rear their kids for them. Rear their kids for their own personal gain. Or I, 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 I didn't have this when I was in high school, so I want them to have this. That's selfish. Well, I, this is the kind of college I went to, and I don't want them to have to do that, so, so this is what I want them to have. That's selfish. Don't rear your children for yourself. I'd be ready for that stage of your own character. So he would notice Joseph's awareness. Number two, notice Joseph's humility. I, I had almost built this whole sermon around this one phrase, and I decided to expand it a little bit, but notice that phrase in verse 16. It is not in me. 
It is not in me. Pharaoh needed an answer. Guess who had the answer? Joseph had the answer. Joseph was wise enough to be willing to admit God had given him the answer. What he had, God gave him. May we be quick to give God credit for what he does for us. May we be quick to give God credit for the blessings he bestows on us. Maybe, let, let me help all of us. We all have a pride problem. If you would see me at the service and say, Pastor, I don't have a pride problem, you just proved you have a pride problem. We all have a pride problem. And, I, and let, me, let, me, let me help you, parents. If God, God blesses you and your children choose right and they serve the Lord, now you had to fight, you had to pray, you had to labor, but let's give God credit where credit is due. We've, through the years, we, we as a church have done what a church ought to do. God's blessed us. We've stood where we, ha- we should stand. We've tried to reach others with the gospel. And anything, that we, we, anything good about us, and yes, God blesses faithfulness, and yes, we're a faithful people, and yes, we're a giving people, and, and yes, we're a people that stands where we ought to stand, but let's just give credit where credit is due. It is not in me. It is not in us. It is God. Notice his humility. He was quick to say it is God. Joseph had an opportunity in front of Pharaoh in his own, if it's in his own mind, if he had thought this way, I can really help myself. Because if I can give an answer, this is going to work out good for me. It was a shame for people to use what God gives them to their own personal gain. And not for the gain of the cause of Christ. But if God blesses you, let's give God credit. God blesses you, and God's blessed all of us. Let's, let's be quick to say, it's not me. It's not me. It's, 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 it's not in me. And he understood it was of God, not him. Those who do the greatest works for God know it is God that does the greatest works. It's a simple statement, but it's very profound. Anything good about us is God. Notice his humility. The stage revealed his character. Boy, as God opens opportunities and opens stages and platforms, if you will, for for even Christians to serve and this and that, if you've got a pride problem, it's going to show itself. You remember in the day we say, well, I just wish there was a way that that God would use me in any way, and then we get that little bit of an opportunity, and then we stop working on us, and we say, I ought to be able to do what they do. Then maybe God gives us that opportunity, and it's like, wow, look at the opportunity God has given me. And then, even in our service, we get full of pride because we say, look what I was able to do. Look how God used me. It is not in me. It is not in you. It's God. So notice Joseph's humility. Number three, notice his calmness. He, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm overthinking this. But if I woke up and I'm in the dungeon, I'm used to being in the dungeon, and all of a sudden a guard comes to me and says, let's go. Where are we going? Pharaoh wants to see you. Now, I interpreted the dreams of the, of the baker and the uh, butler 
It wasn't the dreams was Pharaoh was just going to, Pharaoh sent them down there just because he was displeased with their service. This is the same Pharaoh that just got mad because they didn't do their job right, sent them to the prison, and then killed one of them. Pharaoh wants to see you. I don't know, maybe he got a little nervous about that. We don't find evidence of it in Scripture. He cleans himself up, goes in, he's got Pharaoh as an audience, and he's in complete command of the platform God has placed him on, his calmness. I'll make this statement, I'll move on, number four. He was used to being in God's presence. So why should he be intimidated to be in Pharaoh's presence? He was used to meeting with God. Why would he be intimidated with Pharaoh? There's a lot that's going on in our world right now. But if you and I just spend time with God, we'll be less impressed with men. If you and I spend, just spend time with God, we'll be less impressed. I, I can tell you which Christians aren't spending enough time with God. The ones who think LeBron James is a role model. If you spend time with God, how are you impressed? Uh, well, and, and there's too many, and let me, just, let me just throw this in here. There's too many men who say they have a call of God on their life that are more impressed with political leaders than they're impressed with the God of that Bible. Hey, that, I'm all for. I'm all for my role as an American citizen. But it's hard to be impressed with men when you spend time with God. We'll face things in this world, and men will try and oppress the cause of Christ, fight the cause of Christ. So what do I do? Your audience, the audience, the platform you have is going to reveal your character. It's going to, notice his calmness. I'm used to being with the God who created all things. I, I, God has navigated my life and preserved me to this place. He was not impressed he was just in complete calm. He was in charge of the situation because he had spent time with God. And as God opens up opportunities for you, Christian, and for me, Christian, that our character, our walk with the Lord will be revealed. Many of you want to serve God in a greater way. You better have the walk with God to back it up. You want God to open opportunity for you. You better have a walk with God to back it up. Well, I'd love to be able to sing in that, in that special or, or do this. You better have a walk with God to back it up because a platform reveals the character. It, 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 well, I'd like to have that opportunity, but are you willing to practice? Are you willing to be where you're supposed to be? Well, I'd, I'd like to be able to teach or do this or that. Or I'd like to be able to serve in this capacity. Well, you better have a life that backs that up. You better have a walk with God because it will be revealed. The fact that he was not intimidated, see his calmness, reveals that he was not impressed by Pharaoh's presence. Then number four, this is interesting to me as I look at this. I, find his, I want you to notice his consideration. Pharaoh was a pagan man. He was a pagan ruler. He was not a follower of God. Before he called Joseph out of the dungeon, he had called his sorcerers, 
he had called those quote-unquote wise men for them to try to interpret the dream. They could not. If you study what the Egyptians believed and how they worshipped and what their religious beliefs were, pagan is the appropriate word. This was a lost man. But notice the words of Joseph after he speaks and says, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. You've got to understand, you've got to place yourself in this setting. Pharaoh was disturbed. Pharaoh was troubled. He had these dreams that he did not know what they meant, and they were troubled. God used them to trouble his spirit, to trouble him. He had tried everything he could, talked to everybody he knew to talk to, called all the wise men in and said, Tell me what this means. He wanted an answer. And Joseph is now called up out of the prison. He cleans himself up. He's there in his court. He's saying, and Pharaoh says, I understand you can interpret my dreams. He says, oh, it's not me. It is not in me. It is of God. Now, Pharaoh, let me give you some comfort. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. I want you to notice his consideration of a pagan man. See, Joseph had a character that outside of the Lord Jesus Christ is the standard for the character I know I shoot for. And here is a man with no desire to help himself, although he had suffered injustice, although he had been on the quote-unquote short end of the stick, he had had wrong done to him, he had labored in a dungeon, and now God had put him on a stage to help in his concern with Pharaoh, God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Don't worry. I wonder how many times we have let an opportunity pass us by because we did not consider the audience that God has given us the opportunity to be considerate of what they may be dealing with, of how they may be feeling. Let me give a simple illustration. You ever had anybody be rude to you? I mean, besides your mother-in-law. You had anybody be rude to you? What's your response? God ever get, you know, we live in a day where certainly in the political world and in, in, in it's, in it's, in it's manifested itself. I mean, we're not voting in just a, a few weeks on whether we're going to pay higher taxes or lower taxes. We are, we are voting, I believe, on whether or not we're going to stay a free nation or not. And I'm not overstating that. But if God gives us a platform, I don't think it is our responsibility to match hateful rhetoric with hateful rhetoric. This was a pagan man. This was a lost man. And Joseph did not know what was going to happen after this conversation. But I believe Joseph had something in his heart. He actually cared for the people that he encountered. You know, it's time in our Christian lives that we don't just help people who we think can help us. 
This creeped into churches 20 years ago with the, the Rick Warren philosophy. You target certain kinds of people because they can help your church. In other words, don't go to the poor areas. In other words, don't take the gospel to people who can't help you. And over the last 30 years, it's destroyed churches. Because that's, that is exactly contrary to what the Bible says the church is supposed to do. But you know, we should never get that mindset that I'm going to be kind to this person because they can help me or because they do something for me and I'm not going to be kind because it doesn't matter. I want you to notice that when God put Joseph on that stage, his character was revealed. And God preserved for us in his word the opportunity to see the character of Joseph because God put him on the stage where it would be revealed. I wonder, Christians, have we fallen short because we have spent more time trying to get a quote-unquote platform than we have worked on our own character? We spend more time working on that next stage of life, that next position, that next opportunity when we ought to be working on us and our character. And if we continue to grow as a Christian, I just believe God will give us the audience He would have us to have, the opportunities He would have us to have. So as I close, I just want to make this very practical plea. So why don't we all just determine just to continue to work on us? Well, Pastor, I, you say all that and man, I'm retired and I don't... No, you can still work on you. You don't know who God may give you an audience with. You don't know who God may allow you to influence. Hey, young people, you got your whole life ahead of you. Don't look so far ahead, and I can't wait to get here and here and here. You continue to work on you and your character so that when God does give you that opportunity, you do move to that next stage of life, and your character will be revealed. Well, sometimes I know young, younger people, whether they're teenagers, younger adults, even a little bit older than that, get frustrated because those that are older than them look at them and say, ah, you may want to reconsider that. Well, I just, they just don't believe in me. You've got to understand, if you've got character problems now, they're only going to be magnified. It can help all of us. When we were all 16, we had character problems. Mom and Dad, I'm going to burst your bubble. Your teenager has character problems. Mine are just as spiritual as can be. And they, they oh my goodness, they're getting away of murder in your house and you don't even know it. We all have issues. We all have problems. Hey, mom, you got that new baby, first child. First you don't have to have all the answers, because let me tell you, you don't. We know you're secretly Googling. <laughs> we all have issues. We all have failures. So what should we do? Work on us. Let me help you as you read your Bible. Every time you see the word flee, See what God says we should be fleeing. Every time you see the word avoid, look at what God says we should be avoiding. Every time you see the word pursue, see what it is we should be pursuing. Every time you see the word follow, 
see what it is we should be following. If you and I will just work on our Christianity, God will put us exactly where God wants us to do the work He has for us. Very practical. This is this this has been a great help to me. Because I just have to work on me. This should be a help to all of us. Sometimes we're always looking down the road. If we could just have this, or if I could just be in this position, or if I could just get to this place in my life, just live long enough, you'll get to some of those places. But the question is, are you going to be ready to get there? Are you going to be prepared? You young men and you young ladies are training for the ministry here. And this is why it's important that you that you you have you have some rules that you're supposed to keep, and you're and you're not supposed to get 400 demerits in the first month, and you're supposed to do all of these things and all these responsibilities. Why is that? Because the day is going to come when you. I can't wait till somebody's not there to tell me. Oh, it'll come soon enough, and the stakes are going to be so much higher because there's going to be lives at stake. There's going to be eternities at stake. So you need to work on yourself now. Before, that's why, that's why the, the push and the admonition is, is not just figure out what is the will of God, but part of that is the timing. And don't get ahead of the timing of God. Why? Because you've still got to prepare yourself. You've still got to continue to work on yourself. Oh, if you'd allow me to use myself as a personal illustration, I've, I've been in the ministry for more than 20 years, and I've pastored uh, almost eight years, been your pastor almost eight years now, and I've been your pastor just long enough to know that I'm not where I need to be because there's more that I want to be able to do, and if I look too far down the road, I'm not taking the time to do what I need to do in my life. I have to grow. So do you. The stage reveals the character. I'll close with this illustration. When I was in Bible college, of course, I had the privilege of training underneath Dr. Jack Howells. And there's a lot of things I heard him say that I had a pretty good understanding. There's a lot of things I heard him say that I didn't understand. There's a lot of things I heard him say I forgot. And since I've been in the ministry pastoring, I've remembered been a great help to me. One thing I heard him say that I, I, I disagreed with him on, because I, I didn't understand it. He was teaching, and of course, pastor, as a pastor, from a pastor's perspective, and you have staff, the people who work for you, and he made the statement, he said, if you ever have somebody that, uh, they give you a staff member that, that's, that's giving you a hard time, you don't feel like they're loyal, you don't feel like they have the church's best interest in mind, he said, don't fire them, promote them. And I said, that don't make sense to me. You should walk in there first day, You're fired. He said, no, don't fire them. Promote them. Okay, I'm 19 years old. I've grown up in a pastor's home, so I know a few things about this. Why in the world would you promote them? If they are working against where the church is going, or you suspect that they're working against, because eventually, if you promote them, their character is going to be revealed. Then you're going to know. That was really wise advice. A few of you men I want to meet with you after the service have some promotions <laughs> about your promotion. That's what's going to happen now. I'm going to say, hey, bro, so-and-so, I need to meet you. And it's like, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at, Pastor. I don't, I, don't, I don't need a promotion. 
My greatest challenge is not in this lost world. My greatest challenge is not any man that would place himself in opposition of me. My greatest challenge is me. Nobody can stop the work of God. Satan himself cannot stop the church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against God's church. If that is true, and it is, what is the hindrance? It's our inability to continue to grow, to do all it is that we could do. Because eventually, speaking as a church, God will put us on a platform to make a big difference. Will our character be what our character should be? You know, it's been frustrating many, many years, and we've been moving here and moving there, and it just seems like we're working really hard, and now we're getting some progress, and things are getting done, and praise the Lord for that. But it has not been wasted time. Because I think the Lord has taught us all a lot of valuable lessons. I think we've grown so that we can do more for Him. Young person, if, if you're getting frustrated because it seems like things are happening for everybody else and they're not happening for you, don't shake your head and think you may be, you mean you may be doing something wrong, but it may not be that at all. It may be just God's giving you opportunity to continue to work on yourself because eventually He's going to put you in that arena. And you need to be ready for it. You need to have the character for it. And by the way, that's why you allow your pastor and others to put you in positions to stretch you, to make you grow, so that you can keep improving. Christians sometimes, and sometimes this happens with young couples, you, you begin to grow and you begin to go through these stages of life and you get kind of antsy and it's like, well, what, I, I just feel like there's something more. Just, you just keep working on yourself. You keep doing what you're supposed to do. You work on your character. And eventually, God will put you in an opportunity to make a difference. And your character is going to shine through. Don't look for the opportunity. Look for ways to improve yourself. And your character will give you the opportunity you desire. Uh, you'll never regret. You'll never regret working on your own integrity. Father, I pray.